The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Often, we go through life thinking we are the only person in the world shouldering problems, stress, depression, and anxiety. What we don't always realize is that there are plenty of people dealing with many of these same issues in their lives. Welcome to Stream in the Desert with your host, Dr. Rita Huang. In today's program, we hope you will find a story that matches feelings and issues that you've been dealing with. In the resolutions of these issues, our hope is that you will also find the inspiration you need. Now, here is Dr. Rita. Being a perfectionist can be good or bad. A positive perfectionist helps an individual to attain a high-achieving, successful life. He sets high goals for himself and strives to do the best at all times. He enjoys the process along the way as well as the end result. He takes mistakes as an incentive to work harder. The positive perfectionist focuses on what he's doing right rather than what he's doing wrong. He's comfortable with criticism as he sees it as an opportunity for him to grow and to improve. A negative perfectionist is different from a positive perfectionist. Are you a negative perfectionist? Let's find that out by answering the following questions. Do you often feel bad about yourself for not attaining goals you set for yourself? Are you critical towards yourself and others? Are you often focusing on what you're doing wrong rather than what you're doing right? Do you have a hard time accepting a less-than-perfect performance? Do you tend to focus on the end result so that you cannot enjoy the journey along the way? Do you consider mistakes as a sign of defect or form of failure? Are you so afraid of failure that you end up immobilized and not doing it at all? Do you often not feel good about yourself and your critical attitude pushes people away? If your answer is yes to most of these questions, you probably are a negative perfectionist. In this show, we'll be focusing on negative perfectionists. Being a negative perfectionist damages you in many ways. Physically, you may be suffering from somatic complaints such as ulcer, headaches, or stomach cramps. Emotionally, you may be feeling helplessness and hopelessness because you think that nothing can be done to better or change your situation. When these feelings persist for a long time, it will turn into depression, anxiety, or compulsive, obsessive behaviors. Mentally, you're living in a high stressful life from constantly blaming yourself, which leads to burnout. You consider your success and failures as purely your responsibility without looking into other factors that may be causing the mistakes. Not allowing your, you to fail leads to low self-esteem. Are you experiencing the bowel symptoms? I'm going to tell you a naughty story called The White Wall and the Blue Dots. I'll use real-life scenario, not actual cases, to illustrate the meaning of the story. You may find yourself in some 
of these situations. Stay tuned for the story. Once there was a painter who had painstakingly applied several coats of white paints to a wall, but still felt unsatisfied with the job. Finally, in a fit of exhaustion, he sat down on the floor among the drop cloths and wet paint brushes, began to lament. "What's wrong?" his wife asked when she came into the room and saw her husband sitting there. "I've been painting this wall all morning," he replied. But I just can't seem to cover those darn blue dots. They're everywhere. I'm so discouraged. I feel like quitting and not even trying anymore. The wife closely studied the wall, trying to see the blue dots he was talking about, but there were none to be found. All she saw was a smooth, clean white wall, with no flaws, no imperfections, and certainly no blue dots. In fact, it seems perfect. She told her husband that she didn't know what he was talking about; that there was simply a clean white wall. He insists the blue dots were indeed all over the wall, and he simply could not believe her. How does a person turn into perfectionist? What are some of the causes of perfectionism? Some of the roots of the problems are parental influences or modeling, childhood trauma. Societal influences and unhealthy mental conditions. In this show, we are only focusing on parental influences, childhood trauma, and societal influences. Let's take a trip to the airport and see if we, we we can find any perfectionists who have become a perfectionist due to their parental influences. I'm lining up to check in my suitcases. The line is extremely long and it does not seem to be moving at all. I wonder what's going on up at the counter. All of a sudden, we hear the announcement that the flight has been canceled due to bad weather. So we have to line up to find another flight to get to our destination. Before the announcement, everyone was silently waiting in line. Now all the strangers become friends as they all are complaining to each other about the delay. No one knows whether they can get to the. Another flights to go to the destination. It is at this moment the real character of people begins to show in this tense situation. Some people are almost in tears. Others are getting very angry. Some are acting out in a weird way. One particular family catches my attention. A little boy named Benny is getting restless waiting online. The mother sits on the floor and playing with her son. He's trying to put a puzzle together, and he managed to put most of the pieces on the right place, except a few of them. Since he cannot put the whole puzzle together, he becomes so upset that he throws all the pieces out and have a temper tantrum. His mother feels embarrassed that her son created a scene where everyone is looking at her and see what she's going to do. She's under so much stress that she gets upset with her son. So you see a mother and a son getting madder and madder at each other. At least for one second, people are not thinking about whether they're going to have a seat on the plane, as they're watching this scenario. You see, Benny's mother is a perfectionist that focuses on the completion of projects rather than enjoying the process along the way. When she plays with her son, she wants him to do things perfectly. 
If her son does not do it the right way, she will correct his mistakes. Since she does not allow herself to make mistakes, she has a hard time seeing her son making any mistakes or not completing any project. If Benny spills the milk on the dining table, she gets upset at him. If he does one math problem incorrectly, she'll focus on the one mistake he makes. After all, she spends so much time practicing the addition fresh cards with him. She thinks that he should not make any mistake at all. She often tries to straighten up the comforter after the son makes his bed because it's not perfectly spread out on the bed. If Benny forgets to put one toy in the toy chest, she will make a big deal out of it. Benny tries very hard not to make mistakes. If he makes one mistake or things do not turn out the way he expects, he will have a temper tantrum. You see, Benny gets angry all the time and simply gives up whatever he's doing when he's frustrated. When he does that, his mother gets upset because she worries about his future, because he gives up so easily. It is exactly like the white wall and the blue dot story. That both Benny and his mother only focus on the blue dots, the few pieces that he cannot put together, and not the white wall, the pieces he has completed. This kind of phenomena happens daily in their family. Now it's happening in the airport. The dad finally comes to rescue them and diffuse the situation. Are you seeing yourself and your kids in this situation? Standing in the back of the line is a man who's getting angry for waiting for such a long time. He yells, "How much longer do we have to wait? It is ridiculous! I've been waiting for more than one hour, and the line is not moving. You need to get more staff to help out." The little boy standing next to him gets scared and runs into into his dad, who's holding a can of soda in his hands. Uh oh. The soda is poured all over this man's pants. His pants is soaking wet from the soda, so he yells at his son. "I told you not to move around so much. Now look what you did!" The son begins to cry so loud that the whole airport can hear him. What a scene they are creating! You see, this man Bill was bothered in the home where his mother was constantly yelling at him for what he was doing wrong. After hearing that for years, he begins to believe that his mother was right. After all, he's not very successful in his career, as his mother pre- predicted. His mother used to spank him when he spills his drink in the dining table. When his son Bobby spills his soda, it reminded him of the same painful feelings he had in the past. So he reacts to his son with anger, exactly like his mother did to him. He knew it was painful when his mom yells at him, but somehow he's doing that to his son. As an adult, Bill lives his life being critical towards himself and everyone around him. He has trouble handling any unexpected situations because new situation or experience gives him lots of anxiety. He only feels secure if everything turns out exactly what he expected. He has trouble. Achieving any career goals, as he is so afraid of failure, he often dreams about how successful he is going to be at the beginning of any new job. Since he has high expectation on himself, he attempts to avoid dreadful failure, so he cannot enjoy his job. 
any frustration at work, such as making a mistake, things do not turn out the way he likes it to be, he will bend out of shape and quit his job. That's why he's switching jobs constantly and feeling like a failure all the time. Today, he and his family are taking a plane to visit his mother. He feels anxious about the trip because he's afraid that his mom will put him down in front of his kids. Now he's acting like his mom to his son when he spills the drink. He forgets that his son has been waiting online patiently for a long time. It's normal for little kids to move around. Instead of praising him for his patience, he yells at him for spilling the drink. You see. The child spills his soda because he's scared when his dad yells out loud in the crowd. So he runs to his dad, who's holding a can of soda in his hand. You know, Bill acts exactly like the man in the Nazi story, only focusing on what Bobby is doing wrong, spilling the drink, the blue dots, rather than praising him for waiting patiently for a long time, the white wall. What an embarrassing moment he creates for himself. But something ignites in his heart when he sees himself acting like his mom. He realizes, in the first time, he needs help. It's kind of interesting to observe how people react to tense situations. The line is finally moving, and I manage to get a ticket to my destination. Walking with a big smile on my face, I have to find my gate so I will not be late for my flight. I'm looking for Terminal B, Gate Sixteen. I follow the sign to Terminal B. Ah, I find Terminal Terminal B. Now I have to look for Gate 16. Let's take a break. I'll be back soon. The experts call toll free right now one eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven and ask our all star team to answer your question. That's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. Thank you for calling VoiceAmerica.com. Are you struggling with relationships and wonder what you need to do? Are you facing crises and challenges in your life? How about emotional disturbances such as anxiety, depression, fear, or stress? Do you need some help? Get a hold of Dr. Rita's Hippo book. In her book, she provides fresh perspectives on how to wisely navigate the challenges in life. She uses parables and analogies to help you find insight and coping strategies in your struggles. The life scenarios she uses in the book are situations you can identify with, as you often find yourself as one of the stories in her book. The title of her book is "The Hippo That Fell Off the Seesaw" and other parables from Christian counseling. You can order it from Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or you can also download it as an ebook. Dr. Rita likes to hear about your concerns, so she can pray for you. You can email her at care at dr-rita.com or visit the website trinitychristiancounseling.com. You can also call the Trinity Counseling Center at five one seven. Three three two sixty three hundred, and leave a message for her. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Stream in the Desert with Dr. Rita. For more information about the program or Dr. Rita, please visit trinitychristiancounseling.com. Now, back to this week's inspiring program. I still have one hour before I have to board on the plane, so I decide to go into a restaurant to get some dinner. The waitress escorted me in and find me a table by the window. I am so hungry that I order a big dinner. When I'm waiting for my food, I notice a young girl sitting next to me, crying. This girl's name is Maria. She tells her parents that she'll never want to go to another gymnastic competition the rest of her life. Her parents are also disappointed about the scores she received at the competition, so they are feeling what Maria feels. They have no idea how to comfort her. Maria is such a perfectionist that she always wants to be the best in everything. When things do not turn out the way she expects, she gets upset and wants to give up trying. He made a, she made a mistake during the last gymnastic competition, and her score was lower than usual. Maria says, I'm not good in gymnastics. I shouldn't have been taking any lesson. I'm not talented. I don't want to do this anymore. You waste your money flying me to this competition. I'll never do it again. You see, Maria was ranked third in this competition. But it is a failure to her because she wanted to be the first. She's not only critical trust herself. She's also critical trust others. Maria says, the reason why Jenny got the first prize, because the judge did not see the mistakes she made. No one likes Jenny anyway. She is a very mean person. Her parents tells her, you're always the best. You will be able to beat her next time. What her parents say does not really help. She's feeling so much pressure to be the best gymnast that she has panic attacks every time before each competition from this point on. Eventually, she gives up gymnastics due to the fear of failure to reach being the best. You see, Maria's mom never fulfilled her dream as a gymnast when she was growing up. When she became a mother, she wanted her daughter to fulfill her dream. She would praise her all the time for her accomplishment in gymnastics. Maria's father was always on top of his class in high school, so naturally he expects his daughter to be the same way. Fortunately, his daughter is a very good student who's on top of the class in her middle school. 
Marie's parents continue to praise her for everything she does. They praise her so much for any of her achievements, so Maria learned to set high expectations for herself. At times, her expectation is so high that it's unreachable. She wants to get all A's, be the best gymnast, be the best singer, and be the best piano player. It creates so much stress on herself that she gives up gymnastics, piano, and singing before she reaches high school. She has so much anxiety that she begins to have trouble even trying any new experience. Her parents have no idea why Maria turns out to be like that. They don't realize overpraising Maria for her achievements and constantly telling her that she is the best gives so much pressure to their daughter. Now she cannot take it when things are not perfect. Due to the fear of failure, she is afraid to try new things. Today at the restaurant, she is brokenhearted because she did not get the first prize for the competition. You see, Maria is exactly like the man in the Nazi story who focused on the blue dots rather than the white wall. Maria focused on one imperfect score, the blue dots, rather than all the good scores. The white wall she received in the past. Too bad Maria focused so much on being a winner and being the best that she forgets the fun of doing gymnastics. Oh, it's almost time to board on my plane. I guess I have to start walking to my gate, or else I'll miss my plane. I finally reached gate sixteen. I found a seat close to the counter so I can board on the plane easily. As I sit down and read my book, I hear an announcement that my flight will be delayed because the pilot and attendant crew is not here yet. I finally get the ticket to go home. Now I have to wait again. Such a frustrating day. I'm sure other people around me share the same frustration. So we're sitting and waiting again. In the midst of boredom, people start talking to. Each other around them, all of a sudden, they become friends, even though they are strangers. Sitting behind me is a man named Don, talking on the phone with someone. He seems to be very upset about something. He's talking to his secretary and tells her to put the project on hold because he's still finding many things wrong with the document. The whole team has had many meetings discussing how to. Launched his idea in the past ten months. Everyone is very excited about his idea, and they all think it's time to get the entire document ready to send it to be patented. Everyone seems to believe his idea is great, and the document is already perfect. But somehow he keeps finding mistakes in the document. Everyone on the team is very frustrated with him. But they cannot do anything about it because he's the chief of the office. It's very frustrating for himself and other people because he's such a perfectionist with critical trust himself and other people around him. He does not allow himself or others to make any mistakes. He sounds very angry on the phone. I feel bad for the secretary who's talking on the phone with him on the other side. The secretary finds it impossible to please her boss to the point of quitting her job. She works very hard to complete projects. Then he changes his mind, 
and she had to rewritten the whole documents repeatedly. She feels like all the effort she puts into any of the projects is in vain. I wonder why it drives everyone away and doesn't get anything done. Well, Don was brought up in a home where achievement and performance was highly valued. His father is a famous lawyer in the community, and his mother is a physician. Since his parents are high achievers, he felt pressure to live up to the standard and expectation of his parents. He was successful academically throughout his high school and college years, because of his high academic achievement and his parental influence in the community. He holds a very high position in his company. However, his expectation for himself and others sometimes are so high that it cannot be reached. He cannot take anything less than perfect, so he has trouble launching out any of his ideas. Instead of focusing on the positive things about his idea, he only focuses on what he's doing wrong. Due to the fear of failure, he ends up not trying his idea most of the time. He's frustrated with himself and makes everyone around him miserable. He's exactly like a man in the Nazi story who only focuses on the negative side of his project, the blue dots, rather than the positive side of it, the white wall. Today, he's even more frustrated about the plane delay and the project delay. We see the worst in people when they are under stress. So far. We have seen enough of perfectionists who become the way they are, partly because they're born like that, and partly related to parental influences from childhood. Are you one of them? Can you identify with them? In addition to parental influences from childhood, some perfectionists become perfectionists due to childhood trauma. Sitting in front of me is a young woman who's trying to write something, but she seems to be very unhappy with what she writes. She keeps writing and then crossing out her work. I think she has rewritten this ten to fifteen times in the last few minutes. No matter how many times she revises it, she's still thinking that it's not good enough. Finally, she gets so upset that she throws the pen and pencil into her bag and zips it up. But she's afraid that the bag is not completely zipped, so she checks it four or five times. She nervously taps her foot. And by her lips, why is this lady so nervous? This lady's name is Dotty. You see, Dotty is a perfectionist, and recently, her perfectionism gave her so much anxiety that she began to develop obsessive-compulsive behaviors. She was verbally and sexually abused as a child, so she perceives herself as dirty and evil person because she feels like she allows someone to abuse her. Instead of blaming the the abuser, she blames herself. In order to cope with the abuse in childhood, she develops a coping mechanism to be a perfectionist. When she was a child, she would tell herself, "People hurt me, so I can't depend on them. So I have to do it myself. I have to do my best in everything to make the best out of myself, so no one can hurt me. If I do everything well." People will love me because that's the only way I can get praise and approval from others. When he became an, when she became an adult, she still carries the same belief that her significance is based on her performance. 
She gets upset if things do not turn out exactly how she expects it to be. But her expectations on herself are so high that she constantly fails to meet her own expectations. She expects herself to get all A's in college, but she has a hard time with her science classes, so she can't get A's in those classes. After college, she has a hard time keeping any of her jobs because she has a hard time forgiving herself if she makes any mistakes. Because of her perfectionism, she ends up quitting her jobs. Dottie met someone from one of her jobs, so she married to him. Unfortunately, she expects her husband to be perfect, so she would complain about him not taking a bath daily, squeezing the the toothpaste from the top, looking too fat, not exercising, not earning enough money, not putting the shoes outside the house, not cleaning himself. After, the list go on and on. She's constantly trying to change her husband by nagging him. Let's take a commercial break. Come back for the rest of Daddy's story. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll free one eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you struggling with relationships and wonder what you need to do? Are you facing crises and challenges in your life? How about emotional disturbances such as anxiety, depression, fear, or stress? Do you need some help? Get a hold of Dr. Rita's Hippo book. In her book, she provides fresh perspectives on how to wisely navigate the challenges in life. She uses parables and analogies to help you find insight and coping strategies in your struggles. The life scenarios she uses in the book are situations you can identify with as you often find yourself as one of the stories in her book. The title of her book is The Hippo That Fell Off the Seesaw and Other Parables from Christian Counseling. You can order it from Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or you can also download it as an e-book. Dr. Rita likes to hear about your concerns so she can pray for you. You can email her at care at dr-rita.com. Or visit the website trinitychristiancounseling.com. You can also call the Trinity Counseling Center at 517-332-6300 and leave a message for her. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Stream in the Desert with Dr. Rita. For more information about the program or Dr. Rita, 
please visit trinitychristiancounseling.com. Now, back to this week's inspiring program. Once they have kids, Dottie decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Things have been gotten worse ever since she stopped working outside the house. She expects herself to be a perfect mom, so she gets upset if her younger kids are acting out in public. If the older kids get a B in the class, she gets angry at them. Dottie wants to keep her house spotless, so she will get mad at her kids if they leave a few crumbs on the kitchen counter. She stresses her kids out when she watches her kids' competition in sports or recital because she expects them to be the best. Of course, her kids cannot perform the best because their anxiety to be the best. Dottie feels disappointed at her kids' performances and the kids feel disappointed in them. As a result, she often feels like she's a failure and experiences anxiety and depression. The behavior you see today at the airport are symptoms of her anxiety. I'm getting bored and impatient waiting and watching what's going on around me. How much longer do I have to wait? I decide to leave my seat and use this opportunity to walk around the airport to get some exercise done. I pass by a store, so I decide to walk in there and bounce around. I stand by the magazine rack to look for a magazine to buy. Standing next to me is a woman in her 40s. She looks at many magazines and nothing seems to interest her. She then finds a table with chairs around in the store and sits there. This lady's name is Karen. She takes some papers out from her case and looks like she's correcting papers from her students. Karen is a professor in a well-known university. She's successful in her career, but she feels very lonely and depressed because she seems to have trouble connecting with people. Her only goal in life is to be successful in her career, so she tries to publish as many research papers and books. But why is she unhappy in spite of her success in her career? You know, Karen was brought up in a home where both her parents were alcoholics. She was afraid every night worrying about her parents coming home drunk. At a very young age, she had to take care of herself and her parents. She lost count of the number of times she had to clean up after her parents when they were drunk. Since she did not get any affection, support, and guidance from her parents, Karen decided at a very young age that she was going to take care of herself, not depending on anyone. She decided to study hard and became the best student in her class. She loved going to school because she got lots of encouragement and praises from teachers. Karen felt that school was where she belonged. She never invited any friends to her house because she never knew what kind of embarrassing behavior her parents were going to have in front of her friends. She was successful in school, but she had no friends. Since her home life was so imperfect, Karen decided to be a perfectionist herself because that was under her control. She demanded herself to be on top of her career and graduate with honor with a teaching degree. Her high expectation then translated to her expectation on her students. She often focused on what students are doing wrong rather than what they are doing right, as she seldom write any positive comments on any of the students' papers. A large majority of the students would fail her class. 
Karen often wondered why her students were so stupid, even though she prepared so well for her class. She's like the man in the Nazi story who only focused on the blue dots, what the students are doing wrong, rather than the white wall, what the students are doing right. Because of her, her obsession about performance, Karen's became very critical, trust herself and others, which drive people away. Most of the time, she just shut off the feeling part of her, so she did not need to feel the emotional pain of not having any friends who care for her. She focused on climbing up the career ladder, so she did not need to feel. However, when she climbed all the way to the top of her career ladder, she found herself sitting there alone. No one else was following her. Today at the store, she seemed to have a hard time covering her sadness on her face. Oh, people are boarding on my flights. I think I better run to to the gate, or I'll miss the plane. I finally get into the plane and find my seat. A teenager named Kim was sitting next to me. She looks like she's from Korea. I glance her writing. It's absolutely perfect, like printing on a book. I ask her, "How do you write so neat?" She replies, "I like everything to be perfect." She shows me the paper she's writing for school. Wow, your paper is excellent! It's perfect. You must be a good student. She says, "Not really. I got to be in my last math class. I'm not so sure if I can get all A's this term. I have to get all A's." I've never gotten any B in my life. I don't know why I failed this time. I'm not good in math. I must be stupid or something. I respond, "You must be under a lot of stress being the best." Kim replies, "Yes, I wish I didn't have to be so perfect, but that's the only way I can get some kind of attention from my adopted parents." Kim begins to tell me that she was adopted as a baby. She loves her adopted parents, especially her father, but he died when she was three. She misses her father so much. Her mother remarried and has a son together with her new husband. She does not feel like she belongs to this family, as she has a different last name. She says, "I'm a third wheel because my mother and a new father favor my brother. I'm being yelled at ever since my brother was born." I even tried to be misbehave to get their attention when I was in grade school, but then I got punished all the time. When I entered middle school, I have a revelation in my heart. I decided that the only way to get my mom's attention was to be the best in everything, so she could brag about me. I wish my first adopted father is still alive. My current father does not like me. You see, the loss of her beloved adopted dad and the loss of love from her mother makes her so insecure that the only way she feels secure is to get attention from being the best. But she sacrificed so much for being the best that she lives under pressure all the time, trying to do everything perfectly. She just simply cannot handle anything that is less than the best. As you can see. Kim is another example of someone who went through childhood trauma and uses perfectionism to deal with her trauma. In this recent incident of the test result, she's like the man 
in the naughty story will only focus on the blue dots, get a B in one of her class rather than the white wall, get all A's in other classes. The plane finally arrives at the airport, so we say goodbye to each other. I got out of the gate and found a departure board to see which gate I need to go for my next flight. Ah, I find my gate. I don't want to sit there for one hour to wait for my next flight, so I decide to browse around in a cosmetic store. I'm trying to look for a pink lipstick. Standing next to me is a beautiful young lady who looks absolutely perfect. Her facial features look perfect, and the way she dresses looks like a model. I wonder if she really is a model. Since we are standing next to each other, so we start talking. This lady's name, Angela, cannot decide which lipstick to get, so she asks my opinion. I tell her that the pink one looks good on her. Angela says, "My lips are so thick; pink will make them look even bigger." I respond with surprise. I think the shape of your lips are perfect. I'm surprised that you don't think so. When she finds out that I'm a therapist, she begins to open up to me. Since we are standing in a quiet corner where no one can hear our conversation, she says, "You see, I'm a model. My manager wants me to look perfect. He complains to me about my lips all the time, so I'm very self-conscious about it. If I gain some weight, he'll get upset with me." I have to look good, or I will lose my job. I ask, "What made you decide to be a model?" She begins to tell me about her story. When I was a little girl, my mom sent me to all the beauty pageants. I won first place in a lot of pageants, so my significance was based on my beauty. I used to read magazines and dreams that someday I'll look as slim as beautiful like the ladies on the magazine. I'm actually a, a a model now, but I don't think I look good enough. My lips are too thick. My waist is too big. I do not feel good about myself. Every time I try to fix one part of my body, then I find something wrong with the other part. You see, Angela has to look perfect according to what the media portrays what a beautiful girl looks like. She spends her whole life trying to fix herself. So she can look like the pictures on the magazines. So to give up a lot of delicious food, to engage into in intense exercise, to take classes, or sometimes to give up doing things with her friends, so she can advance in her career. Today, Angela's dream came true to be a model, but she feels very unhappy with herself. Her critical attitude trusts herself. Traps her into this unending journey of discovering flaws in her body. No matter how hard she tries, she still finds flaws on her body. If it's not the lips, it will be her legs, or her stomach, or her nose. The more she wants to look perfect, the less she finds imperfection in her body. She's like the man in the naughty story, only only focus on the blue dots, flaws in her body parts. Rather than the white wall, her overall beautiful appearance. In fact, she's the only one who sees flaws in her body. Everyone else thinks she looks perfect. Angela is one of the example of those who became who she is 
due to societal influence. Well, I wish I can talk to her some more, but I have to catch the plane. Let's take a commercial break. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. One eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. And ask our all star team to answer your question. That's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you struggling with relationships and wonder what you need to do? Are you facing crises and challenges in your life? How about emotional disturbances such as anxiety, depression, fear, or stress? Do you need some help? Get a hold of Dr. Rita's Hippo book. In her book, she provides fresh perspectives on how to wisely navigate the challenges in life. She uses parables and analogies to help you find insight and coping strategies in your struggles. The life scenarios she uses in the book are situations you can identify with as you often find yourself as one of the stories in her book. The title of her book is The Hippo That Fell Off the Seesaw and Other Parables from Christian Counseling. You can order it from Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or you can also download it as an ebook. Dr. Rita likes to hear about your concerns so she can pray for you. You can email her at care at dr-rita.com or visit the website trinitychristiancounseling.com. You can also call the Trinity Counseling Center at 517-332-6300 and leave a message for her. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Stream in the Desert with Dr. Rita. For more information about the program or Dr. Rita, please visit TrinityChristianCounseling.com. Now, back to this week's inspiring program. I finally find my seat on the plane for my next flight. It's ready to take off. While I'm sitting on my seat, I begin to think about the people I observed and encountered while I was in the airport all day. Remember Benny and his mom, Bill? Maria, Don, Dottie, Karen, Kim, and Angela. One thing in common to all of them is that they are all negative perfectionists who focus on seeing the blue dots rather than the white ball like the man in the Nazi story. By focusing on the mistakes they make rather than what they, ha- they have already accomplished, they interpret themselves as a failure. The perfectionism affects the emotional well-being by feeling angry, depressed and anxious, they freeze and are unable to move forward to accomplish their goals. They all set unrealistic goals 
that are impossible to reach, so they give up trying at the end. They have no idea that the critical attitude towards themselves and others pushes people away. If only they learn to focus more on what they're doing right, the white wall, they would be much happier. What can we do to train them to see the white wall instead of the blue dots? Do you tend to see the blue dots rather than the white wall, like them? What can you do to train yourself to see the white wall? The first step is to make sure the goal you set for yourself is realistic. If your goal is too high to reach, you most likely will experience failure. Talk to someone about your goals to see if they're realistic. Benny's mom, Benny, Bill, Maria, Dottie, Don, Karen, Kim, Angela. Expect themselves to do everything perfectly without making any mistakes, which is an unrealistic expectation. Everyone makes mistakes. Making mistakes is the key to success because it gives you an opportunity to grow and to get better. The second step is to be aware that you are seeing the blue dots by checking out your feelings. Are you feeling very depressed, anxious, and angry when you make a mistake? Do you make a conclusion that you are failing when you make a mistake, and you seem to have a strong negative emotion that you just simply cannot shake it off? Benny, Benny's mom, Bill, Don got angry. Dottie, Karen, Kim, and Angela got depressed and anxious as they were focusing on what they're doing wrong rather than what they're doing right. Are you feeling like them? If you are. You may be looking at the blue dots that makes you so stressed that you you get stuck emotionally. Once you're aware that you're in this state, you can do something about it to train yourself to see the white wall. The third step is to be aware of your thoughts. Are you having all of all nothing kind of thought in this situation? If you are, you probably are seeing the blue dots in your thinking. You have to be one hundred percent perfect in whatever you're doing. If you make one mistake, you are a failure. That kind of thinking makes you unable to move forward. Benny and Benny's mom has to complete their task perfectly, or else they fail. Bill has to make sure his son behave all the time, or else he was not a good boy. Maria demands herself to win first prize in every competition, which is impossible. Unfortunately, she gives up gymnastics entirely after making mistakes. Don gives up his project if he makes any mistakes. Dottie demands herself, her husband and her kids always being the best. Karen only focuses on mistakes she and her students make rather than what they're doing right. Kim sees herself as a total failure when she cannot get all A's. Angela sees herself as an ugly person. When she sees one flaw in her body parts, by recognizing you're having all or nothing kind of thoughts, you know you're seeing blue dots on the wall. Next, ask yourself what's the white wall in this situation. Then record the time you look at the white wall instead of the blue dots and count it as victories. Every victories leads to bigger victories. As you keep seeing yourself having more victories, you feel encouraged to keep looking at the white wall. Hopefully, it will alter your habit of seeing blue dots alone. Benny's mom records the time she praises her son for the part she's doing right. Kim, Bill records how many times he praises his son for 
what he's doing well. Maria records all those times that he does well in any projects and ignores the mistakes he makes. She makes. Dawn learns to turn in projects that are imperfect and count how many times that got approved. Dolly learned to record the times when she stopped herself for demanding everyone around her to be perfect. Karen records the time when she puts positive comments on her students' papers. Kim records how many times she gets an A and ignores the times she does not get A's. Angela records how many times she appreciates the look of her body. Looking at their record of success, they become more positive. With this kind of attitude, they're more likely to be able to motivate themselves to move forward to achieve their goals. Are you struggling with being a negative perfectionist? How much pain and agony are you enduring by being a negative perfectionist? Do you want to change? Benny, Benny's mom, Bill, Maria, Don, Dottie, Karen, Kim, and Angela all had such a bad day at the airport, but there's gold nuggets in this bad situation. Something ignited in their heart that they all recognized they need help. They all went through counseling to improve themselves by working working through their childhood trauma, improving their parental skills, learning to accept mistakes as an opportunity to grow, learning to be less critical, trust themselves and others, and train themselves into looking at what they're doing right, the white wall, rather than what they're doing wrong, the blue dots. The terrible day at the airport actually turned into a blessing for all of them. Could it be you spend your whole life trying to control everything you do and everything around you to feel secure? No matter how much you want to take control of everything, there's still something you are not in control of. That part you're not in control of belongs to God. When you believe God is in control of everything, you are more likely to let go of your perfectionism. You only have to do the best on your part, you know. The parts you cannot do, allow God to do it for you. You probably would do a better job when you don't have to control everything because you can relax. There's a Bible verse in 2 Corinthians 12, 10 says, For I am weak, then I am strong. When you're able to allow yourself to make some mistakes and not be, be, not be perfect, you end up being stronger. For you're not only becoming better by learning from mistakes, you're also learning to turn your weakness to God. And He will make you stronger by helping you to do what you can't do. Let go of the control. Let God take control. you experience a freedom you have never experienced before. i love to hear from you. Email me at care at dr-rita.com. At this time, I would like to acknowledge Dr. Patty Luke for her donation to support the airtime of this show. Happy retirement and enjoy life, Patty. I enjoy spending time with all of you. Take good care of yourself for now. I hope you find some insight in this show that will change your life. Come join me for my next show. I'll be talking about the squirrel story. Until then, I hope you find stream in your desert place. Thank you for joining us this week for Stream in the Desert. Be sure to return next Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, or on demand anytime 
for another story and program with Dr. Rita on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.